Well, welcome back to the Foundational Thoughts, the podcast of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. My name is Neil, your host, and today we're in part two of a multi-part series with Rob Phillips. And so if you didn't hear the first episode, we'd encourage you to go back and hear that, because Rob, we're talking here a lot about something called apologetics. And for our listeners who are just here this first time, again, remind us, what is apologetics? Sure. Christian apologetics is simply offering a reasonable defense of the Christian faith. And that English word apologetics comes from a Greek noun, apologia, which simply means defense. And so when you read through the New Testament, you come upon the words defend, defending, or defense. That's going to be taken from that. And you can see from the context, it's either offering a legal defense Mm -hmm. uh, against charges brought against you, like the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. Uh, But more to our interest, when you read in Philippians 1 and uh, 1 Peter 3 and other places where it applies to Paul, but also to all Christians, that we are called to offer a reasonable defense of the Christian faith. In fact, Peter says all of us as Christians should always be ready to offer a reason for the hope that's within us and to do so with gentleness and respect. So anytime a person may ask us as a Christian, why do you believe this about that, whatever this and that happens to be, because those will change over time, when we try to give that answer, we're really engaging in apologetics. Yeah, I think uh, most of us as believers have engaged in apologetics in one way or another and maybe not recognized that we're doing that. Yeah, but that's exactly. what the term means. And you're, you're not, you wouldn't say that you're an expert in this field, because this is such a wide variety of a field, but you've written extensively in this area, and so you've written several different kind of books helping the Christian develop their apologetics background. What are some of those titles, and, and what are some of those areas that you've specifically written on? Yeah, our our main resource is called the Apologist Toolkit, okay. uh, which is nearly 500 pages of about 70 short lessons that deal with common questions and issues that evangelical Christians face, everything from the existence of God uh, to what is a Christian worldview, what is apologetics, who is the real Jesus, uh, how am I saved, Um, what are some counterfeit forms of Christianity I should Mm -hmm. be aware of, what happens to me when I die, Uh, just a wide variety of issues. So that's sort of our, our primary um, resource, okay. and it has study questions at the end of each of uh, the chapters, so people often use it for personal or group study, and I've had a number of uh, pastors, small group leaders, and others who are actually taking either their full congregation mm-hmm. or a Sunday school class or small group through a portion or all of the toolkit. So that's sort of the the basic one. Uh, But then we also have um, resources on what every Christian should know about the afterlife, Mm -hmm. Um, what every Christian should know about Islam, Mm -hmm. uh, what every Christian should know about same-sex attraction. Um, And then our newest ones are what every Christian should know about salvation, Mm -hmm. and, and then one that has just come out and is just now being made available is what every Christian should know about the Trinity. And I was excited to get a copy of that book. I've not read it yet, but I've got a copy of it, Rob. And so that we are very thankful that you uh, and others are helping write these resources to provide this 
because our people are, are encountering more people, I think, it seems to be, that are not Christians and have not come back even as a cultural Christian. And for some of them, they're going to have legitimate questions because they are seeking answers and seeking knowledge. But there are some who are just asking questions to try to rattle Christians and to try to make them look silly or foolish. And so when you're talking to churches, you've already mentioned some of those questions that are being asked. But what are some of those more popular questions that you're hearing people are asking now that may be new or maybe the same ones we've always heard? Yeah, I've kind of seen a pattern over the last several years when churches asked me to come in and either speak once mm-hmm. or lead a weekend workshop or something like that. But certainly one of the topics is, you know, what is Christian apologetics or how do I defend my my faith? So that's coming a, from the Christian themselves wondering those answers. Exactly. And okay, okay. So that's one. Another one has to do with the existence of God. How do I deal with my atheistic or agnostic friends? Mm. What evidence is there that God exists? And just to stop you there, that, that's been a question that's not just popular today. That's been a question almost goes back to the beginning of time. And we have, a, we have a rich set of resources. I didn't really understand this until I went to seminary, but a lot of the questions that I thought were unique and, and so different than anybody else are questions that people have been wrestling with for hundreds and hundreds yeah. of years. And there's some phenomenal thought process and, and strategies that we can dig into that are hundreds, if not thousands of years old to answer some of these basic questions. So in your training, do you kind of do some of those things and go back, not necessarily to do history of, of these things, but many of the things that we would answer come from a foundation that's you know well beyond starting in the 1980s. Yeah, that's right. There are some um, scientifically based and philosophically based reasons for the existence of God. And uh, so we'll go over some of those, but I also try to ground it in Scripture because mm-hmm. in Romans 1, mm-hmm. there are really kind of three basic approaches you can take. You can take the scriptural approach, you can take a scientific approach, or a philosophical approach. Mm -hmm. And right off the bat, a lot of our friends will throw out the scriptural approach, Mm -hmm. but what about science and what about philosophy? That's what Paul does in Romans Mm -hmm. 1, where he says the creation offers significant, uh, overwhelming evidence that there is a divine designer. And then he goes into the philosophical argument and talks about the conscience that God has placed in the heart of every human being. So way back then, Paul is is addressing the issue of the existence of God by using science and and Mm. philosophy, and says, when we look at the creation, the creation cries out, there is a divine designer. And when we wonder what's wrong with the world or what's wrong with me, uh, we we can understand that God has placed a conscience in all of our hearts, and that points to a divine moral lawgiver. And so we try to spend some time in the Scripture looking at that as well. Wow, that's a great way to think about that, that the questions that person is asking us, we've got several options. I mean, you've already talked about a toolkit so in a toolkit, you have more than one tool. Typically, you don't carry a whole big toolkit for just one hammer that's in there. Of course, I don't have very good toolkits, and all my stuff kind of gets hidden in there. And I can't find it, but that's just maybe that's just me. But there's different ways to approach that person. And so do you talk some about the personalization of the person asking you? Because you're not really... Ultimately, we are to provide a defense, a rational reason, but there's a person that we're sitting across the table of. Yeah, that's a really good point, because if if all you're going to do is throw facts and philosophy and science at people, 
you'll, you may very likely turn them off. But if I'm dealing with you as a real person, and I take your concerns about the existence of God seriously, uh, and my goal is not to win a debate, mm. but to to plant the seed or to put a stone in your shoe, to leave <laughs> you with some biblical truth that you can walk away with, I have to love you and care for you as a person. And so we have to be a little cautious about jumping right into the fray mm. before we get to know somebody and really let them know, hey, I, I, I appreciate you, I care for you. We may disagree on some things, but I really want to hear from you. Why do you, why do you think that? Mm. Um, what have you read? What have you seen? What have you heard that leads you to that conclusion? And once we've sincerely listened to that other person, oftentimes that buys us the opportunity to sincerely share our point of view. And when we're done, you know, we may still disagree when we walk away, but we've respected and honored that person, and we've left them with a, a seed of truth that the Holy Spirit can act on in the days ahead. Yeah, and it, to me it's so strange because there's so many ways to approach this, and I'm so thankful that you are out there doing that, and you've got a team of people, and we'll talk more about them uh, in a little bit, to help our people understand that it's not just winning a debate, it's not just being right. It's actually trying to help connect that person to God through whatever means necessary. And the only way that a person can come to know God is through Christ, ultimately. But you have opportunity to help that person to come to, to, be, to be cared for, to be loved on in that relationship. And what's strange to me today, though, and, and maybe we'll talk about this and maybe devote a whole podcast to this, but we've spent a lot of time, I think, in our apologetics defending the truth. But now we live in a time where people may say, well, that may be truth for you, <laughs> but it's not truth for me. That may hold, that may need a whole podcast topic to get into that. So let's kind of get back to where I, I, I started and kind of took us on a rabbit trail. But you're out there, and you're available, and you've got a team that's available. And so if a church wants to get started in this, you, can, you mentioned you can come to their church for a, a, one a single session or multi-sessions. What does that look like for... A, for what you're trying to accomplish and what the church is trying to accomplish. What's the best way to go about that? Yeah, and we've got some step-by-step -step instructions on our website, oh, really? mobaptist.org slash apologetics. mobaptist.org slash apologetics, right there on there. And uh, But basically, when I talk to a church, uh, a pastor, a director of missions, or somebody like that who wants us to come... Uh, the first two things we try to decide is is how much time and effort do you want to devote to it? Do you mm -hmm. want me just to come on a Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night? Do you want to have a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday thing? Do you want to do it every night for a week, every Wednesday night for two months? Um, you know, what, what kind of format okay. are you looking for? Because that tells us how much time we have. Sure. And then what are the key topics having to do with defending the faith that we really need to touch on in your community? Some communities have a high uh, LDS population mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or Jehovah's Witness. Uh, some where we have a particularly uh, immigrant populations, uh, Islam is an issue in some of our Missouri communities. So mm -hmm. um, we may talk a little bit about um, give, providing some historical and doctrinal belief systems for uh, Islam, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, what have you. Some will say, well, we're really struggling with... Um, the fact that everybody says they believe in Jesus, but it seems like 
we're talking about a different Jesus. Mm. So can you come and, and teach about that? Or what is Christian apologetics and why should we be involved in it? Or what's a Christian worldview? Or what are some are there some common threads in false belief systems uh, that we need to learn about? So we'll kind of hash through and and nail down two or three or four or five topics that uh, are most relevant to that local church or to that association of churches, uh, and then we'll set the set the dates. When are we going to do that? And uh, and then we'll just we'll provide resources. We usually have a book table mm-hmm. set up. Mm-hmm. And uh, oftentimes I'll prepare um, worksheets that we can work through together as a sure, congregation. Sure. So all of that really starts with identifying what are the core issues that we need to deal with at the local church level, mm-hmm. the community level, the associational level, and how much time are we willing and able to devote to that. Because the, the customization of what you're offering, I think, is really incredible, because when we get into a topic like this, there have been attacks against the gospel since the very beginning of it, and even from the beginning. I mean, the ser- serpent with, with Noah. I mean, with the Adam at the very beginning. Uh, I do know my Bible a little bit in order to know Noah and Adam, <laughs> but I get confused sometimes for sure. I just don't talk to me about Old Testament prophets. I get really confused there. But, but from the very beginning, there's been a questioning of God's authority, a question of God's word, a question of whether He is. I mean, that's what that's the serpent is. He really is that what He really said. So that's been with us all time, and I don't think every time a Christian recognizes what's really going on in those questions. It's not, it's not always about me individually. It's about the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light and the interaction that they have, and you and I are placed to be there, to be a part of that, to open our mouths and to give a response, a defense, as you've said, about right. apologetics. And it's not just you in the state of Missouri doing that. You've got a network of people that may be pretty close to some of our listeners. Is that right? We do. We have what's called the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network. And again, you can learn about that on the website, mobaptist.org slash apologetics. There will be a tab there that talks about them, but it, we have 16 different people currently uh, across our state, men and women, we have uh, pastors, we have staff members, worship leaders, uh, retired professor, um, a ho- homemakers, of a variety of, of people, and uh, they are all active members of Missouri Baptist churches. Uh, they have uh, signed on, they've got letters of recommendation from their pastor and or their director of missions. They have signed on that None of their beliefs and practices are in conflict with the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, and they have some particular expertise in some area of apologetics. Oh, very nice. So we have some who are quite good at the debates between uh, creationism and evolution. Mm -hmm. We have some who focus primarily on children and young people, Uh, others who uh, are focused... um, more on a little higher academic level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have some who are quite well versed in uh, the LDS beliefs and practices. Jehovah, we have a former Jehovah's Witness. Um, Charles Smith is his name, lives in Farmington. He was a Jehovah's Witness for nearly 40 years. Oh, my goodness. And he came to Christ by reading the New World Translation, which is the Jehovah's Witness Bible, yes. uh, sitting in the back of the Kingdom Hall reading that and deciding that uh, something was just not quite right. 
and Jehovah really had come in the person of Jesus Christ. Wow. And he went through an agonizing process. And so now, being an expert on the Watchtower, he speaks on that, talks about his testimony in coming to faith in Christ. So anyway, we just have a wide background of uh, people who are all available to come and with these resources and other resources that are available to help you as a pastor, as a church member. You can invite these this group or some of this group into your church to help because really what we're trying to do is to, to not win a debate. We're not trying to be smarter than somebody else. We want them to encounter the Word of God that changes just like Charles's life changes people's lives. And so we want to come back at our next episode and want to talk specifically maybe about some of those specific questions and some of the unique challenges that we are facing, I think, as we live in what's sometimes called a postmodern or even a post-truth society. So Rob Phillips works with the Missouri Baptist Foundation. You can find out more about him at mobaptist.org. There's a whole section on the website about apologetics, just mobaptist.org backslash probably apologetics. Is it Not Correct. probably apologetics, but probably a backslash there uh, that'll get you there. And Rob will come back and join us at our next episode on Foundational Thoughts, the podcast of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. Mm-hmm.